Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight we're finally going to do what I was trying to do for a few weeks. We're going to be discussing uh, the Simon Kuf Ayin in, in, in Orachayim, which is how to eat a meal, how to eat, the proper way to eat. It's a very, very beautiful Simon. If you've never learned it, you'll learn a lot of things tonight that you never thought he were true. And uh, it opens up a whole new area. But I, before we get to that, I don't want to make a mistake and forget anything. So I have a whole long list of things I wanted to tell you. First of all, we, we talked a few weeks before Tu B'Shvat about these... Uh, guides that came out. One was from Rabbi Vaya, one from uh, the Star K, one from uh, the from the Basin of um, uh, from New Square Basin, and the fourth one was from Hisachtos Harabonim. And uh, it was getting a little crazy. We sent some people that you sent me an email and I sent back. Wasted a lot of time and I, I have a simple solution for this and we'll try to use it more often in the future. We have a website you can scribble it down and go to it occasionally. Of course, if you read the magazine, almost everything you're going to see over there has already been printed in the magazine. Maybe this is an exception. But the, uh, it's a wonderful website. It has uh, lots of ideas there, a lot of things to know how to properly check. And I mean, it's not, a, it's not like Rabbi Vaya's book, but we, we sneak a lot of good things on there. And uh, of course, this Nishken Gelt, as they say. So it's bugfreekosher.com. Just the way it sounds, B-U-G-F-R-E-E, kosher, K-O-S-H-E-R, dot com, bugfreekosher.com. And that's, of course, the goal, to be bug-free. Uh, since I'm mentioning that, let me just take a, a second to read to you an interesting piece that was written by the Orcha Shulchan. Now, the Orcha Shulchan um, lived at the same time as the Chavetz Chaim. In fact, uh, his Sefer... But the Orach HaShulchan is very, very well makubal. It's very accepted, even though everyone hears about Mishnah Brura, but the Orach HaShulchan is considered to be, uh, you know, on a par. It's a different style. It's not as uh, verbose. It's not, to, to, you know, it's, not so, it's not so long. But the, uh, the quality is considered to be very, very high. And it's, uh, for many people, this is, uh, you know, one of the poiskim of our, of, of our previous generation. And uh, so it's, uh, I, I, always, I love the Orach HaShulchan from the time I discovered it. In fact, the very beginning, if you ever have time to read the beginning of the Orach HaShulchan, the first few simonim, the first simon, actually, the first 28, I think, uh, of his, uh, of his, of his uh, points over there, amazing. Absolutely amazing. Oh, the whole, all of what Judaism is all about. Anyway, let me just go on to this one thing here. He talks about how difficult it is to check and how important it is to check the you know, different produce. And he, he has a beautiful piece about, I don't want to take too much time, but he has a beautiful piece about the different countries. And uh, he says, Ashkenaz. Uh, this way, and in Sorfas, when the, in France, they're, they're, they're mostly to have toloyim in them, mostly have bugs in them, and when and so he does discuss all the different countries about what's going on in there. It's very interesting because we today keep saying, "Oh, look, some of these uh, radical people brought on the, all these bug issues up." That's not how people lived. People lived very, very carefully, and this this is a quote from the Orach Hashulchan. It's worth putting it on your. Uh, I don't know, refrigerator or somewhere in your, your kitchen. 
a person should always look at what he eats. And in that way you're going to save yourself from eating a lot of insects. And I testify, a lie, that's the Shulchan saying that. He kept his eyes open when he ate because it's a serious business. And a lot of people think I'm <laughs> I'm at the top, but I'm just telling you this is the way this is the way our the way Judaism used to be. Of course, everybody remembers what was going on in the 1950s or in the or maybe you know in the, in the 1980s, whenever you were young. So you know, you remember that we didn't do this, we didn't do that. It doesn't mean that we didn't do it. No one did it before us. It means we didn't do it. <laughs> but that's what people preceded us did. There's a, there's another. Um, Another quote here as well. Kol davashat sarich bedika, whatever needs to be checked. Lomahani mashabodak mikzasan doesn't help to check ten percent. To check a sample. Viafilu bodak haroiv. Even if you even if you check the majority, it doesn't help. Lomahani elat sarich livdok kol pri upri to have a mute the shriach. It's a significant minority. It's true, it may not be the majority, but we're not talking about uh, something that happens once in 10 years. You know, people, I'm going to tell you a story. I don't really get lost in this one, but somebody called me up, spoke to me this week about a, a class that he gives, which I'm going to mention in a minute. And he said that he takes, uh, he, he takes uh, apricots and opens them up with the people and shows them the bugs in the apricots. Now, not every apricot has one. Of course not. Otherwise, he would stop eating apricots for sure. But enough of them have that he can always find some. And it is a hashkocha on the outside of the package. And he spoke to the hashkocha about it. And they, they didn't care. They felt it. It's not 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 enough, not significant enough. But he has enough to to show everybody with one package. He has to show everybody his classes in, in these insects. And uh, I, I I told you that on this show a number of times about my grandson opening up one and showing him believe how he did that. But it, it's they were there, and I saw some. I I eat the apricots a lot, and I saw a, a, a nice size one the other day, and you find interesting things in there. And uh, it's mostly from Turkey, uh, from California. For some reason, they're usually much more clean. Anyway, I don't want to get lost in, in all those big Toloyim things today. I just wanted to share that little piece from the Yochah Shulchan with you. Now, I, we mentioned uh, about the bug-free kosher, and that's where you should go, bugfreekosher.com, and you'll see what we have there about the different uh, booklets. Uh, I want to mention that we have finally hit pay dirt. Uh, for a couple of years now, we keep talking about classes, etc. And I don't have the time to arrange these things. It's very time-consuming. And I, I wanted to help all of our listeners. And so I've set up with two wonderful young men. I'm not going to give you the names and the telephone numbers now. I'm going to tell you that a little bit about it, and you could decide if you want to do it. It would cost you about 100 to $125 for the training, but the training is three or four hours, maybe a little more, I don't know, and it's over two days. Two, uh, in number two, it uh, you walk away at the end with your a light box, 
you walk away with a uh, with a, uh, a loop to be able to check. You know, what we call a a loop. It's a jeweler's loop, and you walk away with this special paper that we use to check the water. We call the shmata bedika. So that's those are the tools that you walk away with, and the training, and it's limited to five or six people in a class. There are no big classes. You're trained. That's the whole goal. It's not, the, not a lecture. It's not slides on the wall. It's not about it. You are going to know it. You're going to know a lot of how to check for your things in your house. It's a very, very good program. And uh, there are two young men whom I know who are doing this, these classes. I'm not involved with it directly. And uh, I, I've, I've checked out their pedigree. And I think that they're wonderful, and they're they're, they're capable, capable of teaching, and I definitely they see very very well, and I and uh, they're young and they're spirited, and Baruch Hashem is Baruch. These classes are for men or for women, and here's what you have to do. If you're interested, not in going to a class, because I'm not doing mentioning that at all. I'm talking only about if you want to have a class in your house on two Sundays or something couple hours or you want to have you could set up a place where it would be and you can help you can help get those five people or six people together if you can do that then send me an email shoot an email out to kashras at aol.com and just write on the outside uh bug checking and uh, write uh, men or women so I'll, I'll know that much you don't have to give me a name and anything inside you don't have to write anything inside just the subject line bug checking and uh, if you're men or women, let me know which it is. And that's all I need to know. And I will send you the names of these gentlemen and the telephone numbers. The reason I'm not sending to everybody who's interested in the class is because right now they're backed up. I'm a little bit late. They backed up a couple of weeks anyway. So there's no rush. And I want people who will set up classes. I don't want people who are just going to go. When they, when we have some classes going, then I'll just I'll give I'll give the contact information to anybody who, who contacts me. But right now, only contact me if you're ready to do a set up a program. Otherwise, you're going to end up calling there and you're not going to be able to do it. Go to anything. So it's just a waste of their time and your time. Again, our uh, email address is kashrus k a s h r u s at aol dot com. And if you want to if you want to set up a class for men or for women. Uh, just write bug checking men, bug checking women, and uh, we'll we'll get you the contact information, and you'll be all able to set up a program that I'm telling you, you know, is will beat anything else that's out there that has ever been out there, because it's again they're not going to go through every single vegetable in the whole business, but they're paying for the vegetables, they're paying for all this equipment they're giving you, and if you figure it out, they're not making very almost anything on it. It's really just a, a big a big sitkus. And the five or six people are going to walk out solid. And you don't have to uh, be a mashkiach. You know, you know, just this women, men, whoever wants to learn it, you'll really know things very, very well. It's not a two-hour lecture on bugs. It's going to be on, you know, it's hands-on, literally. It's set up. Okay, so that's that. Now, what else do we want to talk about? Uh, 
Well, again, we're going to make an offer an unadvertised special for J Root to be able to get our magazine. I figure people keep calling me up and they keep asking these questions that are very basic and in the magazine. I feel bad for them. I mean, you know, we like to have more readers, but but it's ridiculous. People uh, uh, discover things years after we mention the magazine. You might as well start getting it. It isn't a big deal. The, the magazine costs $25 a year. We're not selling it for that. We have a J-Root special, but only for first-time readers. So if you have it already a subscription going, you're going to have to pay the regular rate, which is not much. Because if you take a five-year, it's only like, uh, what is it, uh, 14 or 50? It's, uh, it's 50, I don't know, 50. Yeah, it's, I think, $14 a year if you take... Unless I'm making a mistake in my arithmetic, if you take a long subscription. So it's not a big deal. Anyway, let me just mention also uh, I happened to meet a wonderful gentleman, and uh, he inspired me very much, a young fellow. I met him at a Simcha this past week, and uh, he, he told me that we have a problem. The problem is that we got too used to uh, the way we do things, and really we should be upgrading kashras. And he gave me some examples. I'm going to just share one with you. He said that in general, if you read my magazine that I did uh, last time, which is a month ago, it's 182, and it was about the uh, the different organizations, whether they have a mashkir timidi or not, you know, how often they send a mashkir. We have 15, uh, 15 different organizations told us what their standards are. It's an eye-opener. And I told him, was talking about it with him, and he says, you know, it's really terrible what we're doing. We're allowing not a mashkir tamidi, and what's happening is we're not getting quality hashkacha. So he said, I said, you know, okay, tell me what, uh, what's, what you're concerned. So he told me a story that he observed himself. He was, he was on his way, he, Baruch Hashem, he learning all the time. So he was on his way to yeshiva, and he passes by this establishment where there is no regular mashkiach, but the mashkiach stopped in and is now examining what's going on in the refrigerator. And he pulls out one thing, and he says something animated <laughs> to the owner, and he puts it away, and that's not going back in the refrigerator again. And then he pulls something else out, and he says something else, a similar way, and that's not going back in the refrigerator. So basically what he did is he pulled two or three items out of the refrigerator, and he, and he, and he nipped it in the bud, supposedly, and p- took them away, and they're not going to be used anymore. So this gentleman said to me, uh, but what was it until now? And what about the day he doesn't come, because he doesn't come every day? And what about the hour he doesn't come, because if he comes every day, it's only for an hour? What kind of control do we have in our establishments it was a very, very eye-opening discussion we had. And I, I think he's right. We should be demanding higher standards. Instead of saying, oh, they're a very religious, very good organization. I see a big rabundum on it. We should say, intellectually, what are, the, what are the standards we want? And ask them, do they have those standards? And if they don't, we have to, we have to lobby for it. This is a time. Everybody knows what's going on out there in the street. This is a time to lobby. Well, no protests, but this is a time to lobby for what we consider to be important. So that's a, a little appeal there. If it works, if anybody gets back to me on it, want to get involved in it, 
I can tell you <laughs> some of the things that have to be done and where it has to be done, and you have to go to do it because they slam me when I come to them. You need to hear more from the people in the street. So without further ado, I'm going on to my main topic tonight, which is Simon Kuf Ayin in Orechaim, Shulchan Orechaim. Orechaim deals with the laws of day-to-day life, and uh, 170, or Kuf Ayin, deals with how to eat a meal. Very interesting simon. If you never went through it, it's a mitzvah to do it after the show. In the, in the show, you don't have time. But afterwards, take a look at it, and I, uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to tell me that it was amazing. Here's what it says. Divrei Musar Shiyinhag Adam B'Sauda the way that a person should conduct himself in the meal. Now, I'm not going to go through it all now. I don't have the time. But I'm going to take something backwards in. And that I think that may be enough for us today. I am looking at a thing that I get every day. It's a little uh, email I get every day. And if you do have emails, then you should sign up for this. It costs nothing. And it will, you'll find it amazing. I enjoy it on a certain level. I don't need all of it, but uh, I learn a little bit about what people think and how they form, formulate ideas. Most of it isn't a big Kiddush to me, but it's still it's a very interesting piece, and I, I would recommend it hardly to everybody. It's called Halacha Yomis. The OU puts out a thing called Halacha Yomis, a daily Halacha. You can go to OU.org and uh, sign up for Halacha Yomis. I don't have a telephone number to make. You'll have to go uh, onto the uh, website or have somebody else go on for you and set it up on your email. You'll get it every day. I'm going to read a few, because they just did this thing. That's one of the reasons that brought me to the Kufayin, because they, they, but actually I had done doing something else different on it. Anyway, this, was, this whole halachi yomis is recent because it was it all started in memory of Rabbi Belsky's Atzal. So in the original ones, they had only his psukim. Now they have everything. Here's, here's what one, one piece says. Are there any halachas about devouring one's food? Well, Shulchan Aruch writes that one should not take a very large portion of food in his hands. That's uh, Sif Zion. Or gulp down a glass of wine in one shot. That's Sif Ches. And that, this in the Gemara talks about it. If a person takes a drink with one sip, it shows he's like uh, too thirsty. He's like, you know, it's, it's a wildness. It means he's no control of himself. And if he takes it in three sips, it's being too fancy. You know, eating, thinking the little sips, teeny sips. A person should drink in two sips. From here we learn that two or three sips is the required amount the maximum time that you have to be able to drink something. So if the requires a revius, like a kiddish, or I mean, it's like kiddish on Friday night, or better yet, at the seder, when you have to have a a, a revius, so when you have to have a revius, a rovavius, so you have to have it within two or three sips. If something you sip slowly because it's too hot, or it's too cold, like an ice cold soda. There's no bracha afterwards. This I have sacked from David Feinstein, and you can ask other, other rabbonim, but uh, there are people who hold, you have two or nine minutes to, to finish it, but uh, he holds strongly that uh, 
that you don't say a bracha achron, and many, I've spoken to many, many people over the years, they hold that you don't make a bracha achrona on something that's too hot or too cold. Mishnah Brewer discusses it, he says that you leave a little bit over and then drink it at the end, but we have a coffee or a tea that's maybe eight ounces. If you leave over half of it in order to say a bracha achrona uh, with lechol hadeos, so if you're leaving half of it over and to be cold, it's not a tea or a coffee. You're not going to enjoy it. It's, 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 it's not the way people do things. And ice-cold soda is ice-cold, and you just take a little bit at a time. It's pleasurable, but a bracha achrona can only be if you drink it in two or three sips. That's the, the, the accepted halacha, although maybe somebody who's listening now has rabban who paskin differently. No problem with that. But the overriding majority hold, like I just said. So we have here people you know, should be careful how they drink and how they eat. It shouldn't take a very large portion. Really, you should break off some. I mean, a person takes a challah, so he shouldn't really, you know, and he gets a piece of challah. Sometimes today, Bar Hashem, you have very fluffy challahs, and they make a big challah with all the people there, and you get, you get a piece that's a, an inch and a half thick, and, uh, you know, f- five inches wide. That's a lot. And to put it in your mouth, it's not appropriate. That's what the switch says in Shulchan Aruch. So what you do is you break off a little piece and eat it. You don't have to bite from the original. But what's happening is, and this is what the OU discusses, I'm not going to tell you uh, any final decision. He says the fo- They say the following. In our times, there are a number of foods which are commonly eaten while being held, like a sandwich or a falafel. We drink beverages that are easily swallowed. However, the principle chazal re- imparted remains relevant. One should eat and drink at a moderate pace and with a measure of refinement. Well, that's for sure. But I don't know if the halacha changed in any which way. I never heard that it did. But that's in the question now of, of a psak, and I'm not going to decide for everybody. Uh, when it comes to a pizza, it's a little bit of a problem because the pizza is a, is a very big slice. And to eat a pizza like that, which many people like to do, put the whole thing in the whole, the whole thing and just bite off it and nibble on it, uh, it's a question of whether that's appropriate for, uh, you know, for, for us to eat, um, and especially it's done in public. So that, that is not a necessarily a Jewish way of eating, and you could discuss it with whoever your poisek is, whether that's something that is a, is, has changed or is exactly what it says in Shulchan Aruch, in, in Kuf Ayin, Siv Zayin, and Siv Ches. Next, next topic. I'm sitting at the table with my mother, should I wait for her to take from the main dish first, or am I permitted to serve myself and then serve her? Okay? Somebody's sitting with the mother. Should he wait, or she wait, for the mother to take something first main, from the main dish, or could you take it yourself and then serve her? Shulchan says in, in, in this, this Simon Kufai, and it's Sif Yud base says that one must allow the greater person who is there to serve themselves first. This even applies when each individual has their own serving in front of them. Okay? You have an appetizer sitting on your plate. You're supposed to wait until the gadol, the greater person who is there, starts to eat. You should wait for your mother to eat first. And only afterwards, then you take part of the food, just then take the, the food yourself. If the parent has made it clear that he or she doesn't mind, then it would be fine for you to take for yourself first. And I want to tell you, this is something that I personally have very strong feelings about. 
and I, you can agree or don't agree. When I was young, we didn't know about some of the things that teach in yeshiva to stand up when the parents come in, etc., etc. And uh, when they first did it, the, the kids did it. I thought it was like, you know, funny because I didn't ever saw it uh, in my own house. We, we, we were never told to do that. And uh, then I said, no, it's not no. I'm not going to stop them. If they want to do it, let them do it because they're learning respect and they're gaining. I'm doing it for them, not for me because I don't need it. But for them. So it isn't such a great idea to always be Michael you're covered. But you could be Michael you're covered, and then it's over with. It's just that uh, if, it, if you're not Michael the covered, then the other person really has a responsibility to wait. And if you're going to somebody's house, you certainly have to wait until they start eating. Yeah. To add something. Yeah. We, and we have a law in our house that nobody's starting to Till your mo- till the, mo- your, the wife. Until my wife <laughs> comes and sitting together. Right. They're together with us. Right. She's not servant. And right. She's not... Uh, you know, she is, she is the mother of the house, and that's and I know that most of the guests, uh, uh, you know, we don't start, so they're looking. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's, so uh, that's something that's very important. It's a, as we say, Pirkeavot, Right. And therefore, if, if you have such a thing going on and the kids do it or, you know, whatever it was, don't don't give these things up. Uh, you could be Michael. I mean, I'm I'm Michael certain times and certain things that, uh, you know, when I go to the, the children's house, and uh, you know, I, I let I let the I don't I don't sit in the the, the head seat there. I let I let, I'm always listen to my son-in-law or son my kiddish. I want them to have. I know there's an you know, they should see that the the, the 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 father be mechabed the grandfather, but I feel it's so important for them to have that respect for their parents. I can't take it away. 100%. That's that's my that's my derech. You know that's what? my derech. <laughs> this is something that we know. By the way, we're getting a lot of questions about with Rabbi Mordechai Weinberg. About yeah, it, yeah. That parents basically or any any guests that come to your house. And basically breaking your territory. Right. This is something I feel like this exactly the same. I cannot break the territory of the daughter-in-law or my son-in-law. Right. This is their own territory, and I am a guest over there. And also in Birkat Amazon, when you're doing by us, it's Fadim. Yeah. We're doing Birkat Oreach. Uh-huh. Right, even, right. even it's my my daughter or my my uh, right. you know right. this is something that's very important. right right no. that's a Gemara. Yeah. Yeah. Shulchan Aruch writes a meeting and all these I'm reading now to you are based on what it says in Shulchan Aruch. I don't not have the time to go through it, so I'm, I'm just reading you from the OU uh, what they what they call Halacha Yomis. Shulchan Aruch writes this is also the same sin, of course that one may not speak during a meal because it is a choking hazard. It seems that most people disregard this halacha. What's the reason? The Prisha, a 16th century commentary on the tour, already in his day observed that people were not careful about being silent while eating. He therefore suggests that perhaps the restriction is specific to those who recline while eating, which was the custom in the times of Chazal. He speculates that today, when we sit upright, the hazard is not applicable. Aruch HaShulchan adds, our leniency in this matter relies upon the principle, Hashem guards the, na- the naive, the foolish. Hashem. This principle is applied in cases of a possible hazard to one's health as opposed to an obvious one. According to the original letter of the law, one is still permitted to speak between courses. In fact, one is encouraged at those points to discuss Divrei Torah. But even if it's not Usser, etc., 
people do have to stop talking so much with food in their mouth, and that's definitely not a, definitely not a good idea. So definitely uh, a good idea to uh, to follow what it says in Shulchan Aruch. If you can't, at least try to limit it. I remember sitting by Rav Miller, uh, Vigda Miller, the one meal that I ate with him. Well, actually, I ate with Shal Shuz a lot of times, but the one meal I ate in his house, and I still remember how he ate. It's, like, amazing. He would take a bite of food with a fork or spoon, and afterwards, he would put the spoon or fork down. He'd, like, wait a second, then he'd pick it up and take it again. I never asked what he his reason for it is, but uh, it's it's either to appreciate everything or or not to be baltaiva not to not to go after your own desires i'm not sure exactly what his kavana was but that man had total control when he was eating it was that was it 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 looked like shulchan Aruch to me let me go now to another one we have a frequent guest that tends to help himself to a lot of food thankfully we're not lacking but i don't think it's right that he's so generous with himself I sometimes catch myself staring at him, or rather at his portion. My wife tells me to avoid this. Is she right? The Rambam says that one should not stare at a person when he's eating, or visually take stock of his portion, lest he be embarrassed. This is quoted in the Shulchan Aruch, which we just mentioned, you know, in the Kuf Ayin, it's Sif Dalit. The Aruch HaShulchan says that this is referring to staring at a guest, because conversation is a normal part of the meals in our days, you can obviously make eye contact with the other person to whom you're speaking. However, you should certainly be careful not to make a person feel that his portion is too large. Don't look at his plate. <laughs> if you see his plate, don't, don't stare at his plate because it, it really will affect him. And some people, you know, they live for that Shabbos. They're visiting you. They live for that Shabbos. They they pack it all in. They eat more on Shabbos than they that they eat the whole week double, and it's it's really uh, whatever reason that that that's their the way of conducting themselves. We have to go along with it. I'm not going to go on to uh, you know all the other topics in here, and I'm going to open it up now. If, if anybody wants to call, you can reach us at seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight to discuss whatever you're interested in. Again, 718-683-5858. I mean, whatever you're interested in, it could be about the eating, or it could be about uh, kashas, or something about the halakhas that's been tied in here. But I'm not going to talk about uh, what's going on in the secular world. Okay, so 718-683-5858. And if you want to text us, you can do that to 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398 is the text line. And the, uh, the studio line to call in, 718-683-5858. By the way, the, uh, uh, in the time of the Arizal, and also in the, they, they make it a cannot that uh, people, because there was shortage of food, so people won't invite themselves to uh, uh, Shabbos uh, meals. Hmm. It's wow. Really well, that's it's very, very short. Uh, we don't, we don't, we, we don't realize it. It's hard for us to realize it. Okay, let me take a minute until people call in to tell us, about, tell you a little bit about our sponsor, which is Glotmart, conveniently located at twelve oh five Avenue M. When you think of Glotmart, can think of 
Price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. At Glotmart, you'll save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart for the East 12th Street entrance. They'll park the car for you and have it ready to load up with all the special items that you've just purchased in the store. And the Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1, with kosher certification for both the Star K and the Vatakashas of Flatbush with Base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Some of the items that are on sale today and tomorrow are standing rib roast, $13.99 a pound, three bone plate flank and roast, $14.99 a pound, top of rib, uh, $8.99 a pound. And they have on uh, also in the frozen section, you have J2. The eight slice pizza, six ninety nine. Began crinkle cut French fries, one ninety nine. Dug in pancakes, three forty nine. Raskin's gefilte fish, four dollars and ninety nine cents. Those are some of the items that are on sale just today and tomorrow. But starting Wednesday, a few items you might want to be interested in: Lieber's mushroom stems and pieces, eight ounce for ninety nine cents. Bertoli, Bertoli, extra virgin or extra light olive oil. 51 ounce, $9.99. I never figured out why the extra light should be the same price as extra virgin. To me, it, it's like a quality, you know, from A to Z. Anyway, uh, jet aluminum foil, 200 feet for $3.99. Uh, Bloom's corn chips, one ounce, four for a dollar. Grab one nutrition bars, five pack, $3.99. And at... Uh, Glotmart is conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M. Meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove and Glotmart, tell them you heard about Glotmart on Cautious on the Air over J-Root Radio. Okay, we have a caller. Go ahead, please. You're on Cautious on the Air. Can we help you? Yes. Um, this is regarding the spot checking of the specifically apricot. Uh, that I work with. Enjoy, enjoy the program so much. It's so time. hard to hear you. You're whatever, whatever phone you're using, it's it's not coming in well. What is the question about apricots? We mentioned apricots already today. What? No, no, I know the question is not that. The question is that you mentioned that some stores have hashkafa people shopping for bugs in the fruit, and I followed your instructions and I didn't see it. I don't. Un- I don't understand what you're saying. There are there are there are supermarkets that right. sell uh, some of the things that they sell. Let's say a basket of fruit, or you know something as a gift thing. You know, with a lot of fruit in it, you give it to a simcha or anything like that, where they cut up the fruit and they actually make a little arrangement. So they have mashkichim checking those uh, those those fruits. Now, not in every store. Beautiful displays of Buxa and um, all the sh- dates and the things. They were all displayed beautifully. There was a mashkiach there, but he opened up certain fruit, and I saw the bug, and yet they were on display for selling. I, 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 this, what, you're, what you're commenting on is something that we can't understand over, the, over here. You can contact me at my, at my office, 718-336-8544. Let me tell you why we can't understand what you're saying. We know that uh, he didn't find bugs in something and then pull out the bug and put it on the, on the tray. That's not going to happen. No. What he no. did is he found some bugs in certain things. 
and that maybe he didn't put that 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 group of it out. I don't know how many he found. I don't know what the problem was. It, you know, that's something. It's got to do with the quality of the Ashkocha, perhaps. But we we don't have enough information from what you're saying to understand how to I respond. I'll to, I'll ha- I guess I'll have to call you at your office. Okay. Take good care. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, we got a question here. Can whipped cream be used on Shabbos sprayed onto food from a can with a nozzle attached to it? It makes a, ru- a ruffled th- uh, shape. Thank you. The answer is no. And the OU says not to use it. They won't allow it at their simchas. I just I had a wonderful piece that came from the OU, and I was going to bring it in. I just don't know where it is right now, so I'll have to wait till another time. If you want to, you get Dafa Kashras from the OU. The new one that just came out like a couple of days ago um, it mentions that specifically. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, please. Go ahead. Um, I want to know about celery. A while back, maybe uh, two years ago or so, I read something to the effect that celery has problems. How do you check celery? Well, or, why did you wait it, two it, years? Why did you wait two years to call me? <laughs> I, I simply stopped. I simply stopped using it. Well, you don't have to stop using it. It's not very difficult, but you have to learn how to find what we call leaf. Miners, L-E-A-F, leaf miners, like a mine. Okay. So you, right. uh, you, you can see it if you have Rabbi Vaya's book. I recommend everybody to buy Rabbi Vaya's book. I'm not selling it any, anymore. I okay. don't have the time for that stuff. But, you, but uh, Rabbi Vaya's book, Badika Samazon, has pictures and describes it. I had uh, sent out uh, a couple times already, you know, uh, uh, pictures of it. But you can find the pictures if you can go online, or somebody can go online for you and take a picture right. of leaf miners, you'll see clearly the kind of trail that the leaf miner makes in the the celery. Once you see it, you really will never have a problem finding it again. Okay. That's Thank it. Thank you so much. Take good Thank care. You. Okay, one second. Before you go, is all there? Yes. Okay, before yes. you go. We're not talking about the little leaves, leaves that are on little green leaves should be no, removed. No, no. But we're talking about the 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 the, the celery itself, the stalk right. itself, the step, and there is yes. absolutely no reason why any intelligent person who's listening to me tonight, not one person who's listening tonight, needs training for that. You just need to see it once, and you'll know immediately what to do. I appreciate. Thank okay. you very you're much. You're welcome. Okay, you're unconscious on the year. Can I help you? Um, what if you want to drink not to sip? Could you drink more to sip? I couldn't hear you well. Uh, it's a question like this. Uh, hey, what how many? you said about the drinking? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the drinking that you can do You can sip. drink as much as you want in any, in any, you, once you make a bracha, you can do anything you want with the drinking. But the bracha acharona, the final bracha, can only be recited if you have the, the, the en- enough liquid in two or three sips. Most people would probably still do three sips. But how much are we talking about? So it's a shtickle shayla. I don't know if I want to do it with you on the phone. Maybe your Rebbe or your father should, uh, should tell you. But it's, a, but it's probably for you, for you, it could be uh, like three and a half ounces or three ounces. Three to three and a half ounces would be for you the right amount. For me, it's four and a half ounces. 
So I have to drink four and a half ounces in three sips. So if it's normal temperature, I can do it, and I like to, and I like to do it. Um, and it's only if it's a very cold soda or it's a hot tea or coffee. I once had somebody in my house, and I was talking to him about this, telling him about the, the, the bracha chrona on the tea. So he said to me, oh, we don't make a bracha chrona on tea because it's, it's always too hot, and that's the end of it. The, the, the Chavetz Chaim suggested letting it cool down, da, da, you know, but we don't do that. And people don't do it. And practically, people just don't make a bracha achrona when they don't have it in, in the amount of in three sips. But two or three, let me give you a way of understanding. A cup. So the little plastic cups, there's five ounces, seven ounces, and nine ounces. So let's take the five ounce. So it's more than half of the five-ounce cup. So five-ounce cup is very small. Two or three sips, you can definitely do it. In the, in the seven-ounce, it's about half, well, a little less, less than half. And you probably can do it. Um, but if you don't take a good drink like that, because sometimes we really want to get a good drink in. It tastes geschmack, and you want to get a good drink in, and people do take a, a, a long sip. And by the way, it doesn't have to do with how much you stuff in your mouth. If it continues to guzzle, what you say, continue, uh, continue swallowing, uh, that, that's all included, even though it, it, it took a little time to go down. It's where you stop drinking completely that we started the counting to the next one already. So three sips is fine if it's, not, if it's, a, if it's a hot day and it's a, it's a cool thing but not co- too cold, or whatever it is, it's have geschmack, you'll definitely drink that much. But don't make yourself nervous. If you don't think you have enough, then don't make a bracha chrona. Because Suffolk bracha is lahakil. Okay. Okay, take good care. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. Go ahead. You're unconscious on the air. Can we help you? Go ahead. Okay. I listen to your program every week. I enjoy it very much. I have a little time with all these um, things that are coming up now with the bugs. I mean, I remember my mother's telling me when I was a young girl how to clean celery and how to look for the bugs, and she simply told me that celery had bugs. But all of a sudden, this lady who just called, she's nothing unusual. I know a lot of people that told me that they gave up using celery because the rabbinum said it's full of bugs and you're not allowed to use it. I don't know. The kind I have is why do they have to make it sound like a terrible epidemic is happening in our community that this fruit has bugs, this vegetable has bugs, and we can't even eat it again. And at the same time, all the mashkichim are giving uh, hechshes on food. I just picked up, I had my anaklach at my house, so I bought them some nash for school. Mm-hmm. One nash says it has MSG, <laughs> One says it has 2% silicon to, for, to prevent taking. Are these supposed to be healthy things to eat? Well, we're mixing, we're, you're mixing things together here. That, uh, it's, it's really the okay. same in you. It, no, it's it not. seems it's, it's like to, the whole thing is a money-making proposition. Okay, well, we're, we're, not, we're not here to blast everybody. That, that, let's go back quickly to over some of the things you said, well, you've, about three or four things you said. So uh, with the, the thing about, uh, about the celery, yeah, there are people who are unaware that a lot of the things that uh, that, that we that we know, many of us who are listening to this know, 
And then there are people out there today. If you'll tell them uh, grapes are, have a, have an issue, you have to be very you have to be cleaned very well. They'll say I, I wash everything. They won't get the point that we're talking about where there's a lot of mites on it and it has to be specially washed. So uh, there's a way to wash it, and a lot of people have different methods. But everybody's treating grapes as a very special thing. So yes, we didn't know about it before. We do know about it now. And yes, things have changed. Uh, and people do, but people have to start catching on when it comes up and not uh, being unaware until two or three years later. That, that's an unfortunate thing. Now, as far as this, uh, the celery having been a problem and people shouldn't use it, of course, that's ridiculous. We, the, the celery is you one of the... You don't know how many people told me. I, I know could, it. I could name them. I know. I, I, know, I know them too. I know. I, I, celery I know people also who did that, and it's absolutely uh, silly. <laughs> Because it's it's one of the easiest things for anybody to spot. I don't know. I remember my grandmother cleaning the cabbage before she made sculptures. Uh, my mother always told me beans to be very careful. There was recently this whole thing right. with Jeffin. My mother always told me, make sure you wash those beans thoroughly. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. Take good care. Next caller. Okay. You're on cautious on the air. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes. A number of weeks ago, you asked for people to call in about um, if they can give a class, or I didn't understand the the idea. To give a... No, no, no. It wasn't to give? Uh, no. We, no. We, 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 what we were asking for, and last week, Baruch Hashem, one young lady called in, and she did call me up afterwards. Thank God she she followed through. It was very... Very fine. You did actually lady. call back. I left my number, but okay. I wasn't able to call you back. Okay. So anyway, uh, what happened is like this. We mentioned that not you should give a class. Uh-huh. We, we asked for you to contact the schools to get I classes. I worked in a school. So you asked the school to make sure their classes. Now, Let this me tell w- you this something. Young, they're this not y- interested. Well, that, well, I, just, I gave a class. I, I was teaching. You cut it off? Cut off. Please call okay. us again. You know, okay, we got cut off. But it, well, let me just say, um, the, the young lady called in last week. She's in the 11th grade in a school. I'm not going to mention the name of the school. She didn't want to do on the air. And she's, she called me up and told me the name of the school. It's a Hasidic school. And it's one that, I, that I've found is, takes the, everything very seriously. Very wonderful uh, school. And uh, I don't think it's so common. I think that, but in the girls' schools, maybe they do have classes, kosher's class. I don't know how intense it is in all these places. Um, if they do have it, Baruch Hashem. But I don't think that all of them really, I, I think even though she said in that school that they showed them how to do a chicken, the salt the chicken later in the 12th grade, I don't think that's common in all the schools today. And the boys' schools, very little is taught about this practical halach of kashrus, it's really a shame. And I, I, I don't understand why not. And all we, we asked is that if anybody could have an influence in some of these schools to put the program in, we offered to, for no cost, no charge, nothing, to help, uh, help them put together a program. Um, but they have their own staff, so that we're not talking about the staffing it. And uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing for the, for the seaboard. So that's what we were talking about. And tonight we mentioned that anybody who can put together a class in their house or somewhere in the shul or whatever it is, they can find a place and they have, can get four or five 
other people to join them and have a class for five or six people for two Sundays or two days, whatever they are, and they can work it out with these young men, uh, only with one man and then the other group, another man. Each one has their own groups. But they are, they are, they are doing it now, and it's a very, very, very valuable program. And you walk away with all the equipment you need to be able to do everything yourself. So it's 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 full it's full fledged program, but we were always hoping we we're going to be able to get. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, yes, uh, she's back on the air. Okay. Yes, I was cut off. Yeah. I actually taught a class, classes in several schools, and during the teaching, I showed them how you check. But something like salary, I really didn't know how, and I stopped using it. Wow. But I myself did show them how to check, and a lot of the girls said, oh, we don't do that at home. Right. Well, Why isn't it given in college classes? I hate to say that you have to wait so long. What happens if the girl doesn't get married until she's 40? No, let's go back a step here. Yeah. Um, two things you said were very important. You didn't know how to check, so why didn't you find out? However, you there was found no one to show me to do it. I oh. did check out with a number of people. Okay. Anyway, let let me tell you. It yeah. is the simplest thing in the world. It's it's called a leaf miner. We in our magazine we printed pictures of it. I took the class by Rabbi Goldstein. Now I know how to do it. Okay. So yeah. so it isn't very very complicated, and you realize it was it was very easy to do. Now the other thing you're saying, which I think is very important. If you teach a course like that and you get a reaction from the girls, or oh, we don't do that in the house, then the next thing to do is to speak to them in the Hellas and to say, you know, there seems to be a little bit uh, of, a, you know, of a gap mm-hmm. here between mm-hmm. what I'm teaching and what they're, what they're doing. And these are things that are in the mainstream right now. And uh, maybe the parents should be offered some kind of information. This is already in the hands of the Minahelis, but I would definitely... Unfortunately, I'm sorry to cut you off, but there are people that their goites prepare all the vegetables for the cooking that's being done. So obviously, <laughs> obviously that is something that has to be taught. As I said, they have to get through to the, to the parents about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's a really uh, uh, that's a real no no unless you're really overseeing every single step. It's very very hard to to have for the goyeta to be able to to do these things properly. No, you can't. Right. You cannot rely on. The, you know, there's a certain uh, store. I won't mention who it is that they pay the goy a dollar a buck. A dollar a buck. A dollar a buck. And he, so he lost the dollar I, if he didn't find the. But other, the problem is the problem is he's a goy. Well, of course, but the problem is that, you know, I'm not going to knock myself out to f- for just a buck. Another bug, you know, I mean, if they get a nice size bug, I'll find them. But I'm going to really, they're not approaching it with Yerushimayim no. the way you approach mm. it. So mm. it's worthless. It doesn't, it, they're, not, they're not, they're trying to get the dollar. They're not trying to make, sure, the that there's, there's make sure that there's no bugs. They're right. trying to get the dollar. It's a different approach. It doesn't work. And I'll tell uh, you, in the school that I work, they had um, a kitchen, and they claimed that the lettuces were checked. I took a light box. I took up a, a whole bowl of lettuce that was checked, and I gave it out to the girls. And I said, now we are checking with the light box. You should have heard the screeches. There were so many bugs that they found, mm-hmm. and this was checked, not by a company, by somebody in the kitchen. Wow. Okay. All right. It's just scary. Yeah, that is scary. 
But we enjoy your program and continue. Thank you very much, Thank you very much for, for listening. If anybody wants to call, we have a. We have no, no one's in here? No, okay, no, so no. anybody want, anyone who wants to call could call now at 718 683 5858. We still have time to take your call. A question to you. Uh, just I got a phone call that uh, the lady didn't want to be on the, on the air. And she asked about uh, if any chance to make a, a free classes. Because it's heavy for the $120, you said? It's a hundred dollars or a hundred and twenty-five. The two pals I spoke to gave me different numbers. They they're giving away this uh, this equipment, and uh, that has a lot of value to it. I can't make up the prices, no, no, and no, and I and, and you know it's like everything else. I got a simple solution for you. Let somebody sponsor it, and that's it. You know, like everything else in the world, okay. if people need need it, so let there be somebody listening to the show. Put up five hundred dollars, and then you have a you have a program and finished. But I, I, I mean, you cannot ask these people to give away the material. No, 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 they, no, no, no. they believe that if I teach you and I don't give you the equipment, then it's a waste. Okay. That's, their, that's their belief. And because uh, they could have said, I'll charge uh, $50, $75, whatever it is for the, for the course, and uh, you know, give you nothing. But they, they want you to walk away with that because they want you to do it properly. Oh, we, ha we have uh, another caller? Okay, go ahead. You're unconscious on the air, Rabbi Wickler. Go yes. ahead, please. Yeah, hi. Uh, I just remind myself that someone told me that they take the strawberry and they peel it. Would that they they wash it ahead of time? Peeling it, there's no bugs inside. No, no bugs inside. But you have to peel it well. But there's no bugs inside. They right when you see large 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 ones being sold that are that are not too expensive so you buy them and then you could and you could do it i did it it, it you know it, it's it's a very good thing it just it takes a lot of time and then you know i'm a you know if, if i'm a nervous person so i i want to make get everything off and make sure it, it takes you know it's a little bit of an avoider for me but uh if you get you got to get something that's good at shaving it off and not 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 a big knife or something like that okay thank you very much uh, yeah, yeah, thank you very much. I don't bother eating them all together. Okay, so, I, I, I don't uh, do it I, now, I but I have done it and I will do it. I, I, okay, there's nothing wrong in doing it, doing what you have to do and eating it. Hashem made them, you're supposed to enjoy them. I, I enjoy other things, it's fine with me. Okay, thank you for listening. I enjoy other fruits. <laughs> okay, thank you for listening. Uh, I just want to mention there's a, an interesting story that was on matzav.com. Somebody sent me. It says, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to be able to validate what I'm saying, but this is what appeared. Uh, the shopper, a Rosh Hashiva in Lakewood, New Jersey, was at the Costco store on Route 70 in nearby Brick, New Jersey, when he wished to purchase a package of, I'm skipping the name of the uh, company, but it's a, a kosher company with a turkey breast. He picked up the package and was about to place it in his wagon when he realized that it was actually Plainville Farms uh, oven-roasted organic turkey breast, a tray for product. The two turkey breast packages look remarkably similar, and one who is not paying attention can easily pick up the tray from without knowing better, he told the, the Matzav. In other words, he's saying that there's this person, he's supposed to be Shiva, and he was buying this in a Costco store to save a few dollars, and he ended up almost buying tray. Now, what obviously wasn't put there intentionally. It probably was a shopper 
who was, was buying something and he didn't want it and he put it back and he threw it over there. That's what they call back shop, uh, shopping so that people put things back and, and that's why you end up with mistakes like that. So just the pointing to us how careful we have to be when we go to stores, even from stores, not just Costco's, could be even a from store in Borough Park, Flatbush, from owner, and you might find something in the wrong section, and obviously you have to be aware of it. And very, very important, you have to be checking those labels for the symbols, because a lot of times there are there are packages that are not certified that got into that store by mistake, and it's uh, that that's really scary. Because yeah. one uh, caller that just probably is a, is a mashgiach himself, he said about the strawberry. Uh, please also, you have to chop the head also. Without, right, you, know. you chop the head off, which is a, only a little, maybe a quarter of an inch uh, down of the, on the strawberry, and you have to do that. And of course, you, but you, but afterwards, uh, once you take off the outside, you just wash it one second, and that's it. Nothing else to worry about. Okay. Do you want to answer some question about? I don't see them here. I don't know. Okay. Uh, recently, I purchased a Crayola gum kids flosser. After I received, I realized that as a flavor. Okay, so we answer this many times. You know, the flosses, they're not eating it, and so it doesn't really matter. The grape flavor doesn't mean it's really grape. It's not a, not an issue. Okay. Uh, okay. That was just, that's all we had here. Uh, what about Cheerios need a Michelin Where is this? I don't see That's not coming up on mine. Uh, the, okay. Cheerios need a Michelin soil. Okay, this is a big problem. Uh, there are people, uh, Rabbi Belsky, Zatzal held that uh, it's, it's a Bishul Yisrael issue. Uh, the OU's position is that it's not an issue. You've got to take this up with your own place. I can't decide for anybody. Let me uh, just, we have a few uh, minutes one, left. One more one mm, question. Okay. After finish a jar of jelly or pickles, do you have to dip it uh, the jar after use? And they, oh, they want to know about toiling. Okay, I had a lady call me up with a similar question today. The answer is that when you the the uh, the jar is being used to keep pickles. Now, let's say I want to take pickles and put it into that jar from another jar. So then I have to toivel it. Now, Moshe Feinstein had a thing about if it's a pickle jar, and it's a uh, he used to be talking about orange juice containers, and you're going to use it once or twice, so he didn't think you had to be table it. But something that you're going to really keep and use on some kind of regular basis. So in, in the old days, they had, and they still have it today, that they give you things that can be used, and they and they with the, and they want you to buy. You're going to buy theirs as opposed to the competitor because they're giving you something that can be used. So yes, in those cases, you have to toivel it before you use it for in the future. Uh, as I said, Rav Moshe had a heter for something that's a throwaway. You know, you're going to use it once in the summer, you're in the bungalow colony, so you, you're you going to use this glass jar for two weeks, but you're not going to take it back with you. So something like that, he felt you didn't have to worry. But but uh, if you're going to save it and use it with any uh, regularity, then even he admitted that you have to toivel it. Um, but but when you and when you're tabling, you got to take off the wrapper on the outside with the little label because otherwise you're not tabling properly. But if uh, but if you uh, for, for using it now, you don't have to tabling. You don't take your food out and tabling it. My rabbi had a chumrah. I, I know that nobody listened to this uh, show ever heard this before. Um, but my rabbi's chumrah was that if you bought a uh, from Meal Mart, wasn't only Meal Mart, but he's an example. He said if you bought from Meal Mart. Uh, let's say cholent or whatever it is, and it came in a little aluminum tin. 
So he said that if you're going to warm it up in that, you're going to cook it, you're going to heat it up, then you have to go ahead and you have to table it. Because he felt that when you, when you have it in the tin and it's kept in the refrigerator or the freezer, its job is shimur, is just to protect it. But when you switch it and use it as a pan or a whatever, the pot, to cook it up, then he said you're switching the roll and you have to actually take it out and table it and put it into something else or whatever it is. It was a, that, I don't know, I never heard anybody say that, but that's what my Rebbe Rav Asher Zimenzatzal held. And I, I'm, I, the reason you have to understand is that uh, Mealmart is not going to table those things. And Mealmart doesn't have to table them. It's not Mechuyev to table them. And you, only if you're going to use it afterwards, you have to be tabling it. But he held that uh, just heating it up in the same tin, tin was considered to be switching the use, and it required tevila. Well, a question like this, uh, my question is, if the owner is a Jewish, like, uh, you know, you buy No, a, no, he, because he, he didn't, he, it's not his. Not, he owned it. He, but, no, but but about, about, the, jar, about the, the jelly jar, you know. No, they don't. Is 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 the owner of the, the manufacturer, you know? But he doesn't. He doesn't own. Oh, he owns that. Uh, but it wasn't made for him. You know, it's not. It's not. He him. didn't. No, he didn't. He he bought it from Goyim. He he bought those jars from Goyim. He didn't have it. If if he would, there's a way to do it, where you buy it in advance, and that's what they're doing with these uh, with these urns. That this urn doesn't need tefillah and this thing doesn't need tefillah. It says a hashkocha doesn't need tefillah. It was because they bought it and it, it, it was being made. They owned it already. It was uh-huh. being made. Okay. But not this situation. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you everyone for listening. And if you want to get uh, the Kashas magazine, uh, the special J Root special, uh, call us 718 336 8544. And if you'd like to arrange for a class for men or for women, for bug checking, right? Bug checking men, women, and set up a class. And just we'll give you the contact information. Not if you want to go to the class, but if you want to set up a class. Thank you very much for listening.